Welcome along to the Brain for Business podcast with me, Lawrence Snell, where we take the lessons from evidence-based academic research, most particularly involving the brain, behavioral and organizational sciences, and translate them in a way that is accessible for leaders and organizations. As always, make sure to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn, or else we look forward to your feedback and comments by email to laurie at brainforbusiness.ie. It is now almost 20 years since the first podcast was launched, and if the available statistics are anything to go by, podcasts are definitely having a moment, with a reputed 2.5 million podcasts listed on Apple Podcasts. When we think about who listens to podcasts, data from the US indicates that podcast listeners are 68% more likely to have a postgraduate degree and 45% of podcast listeners have a household income of over 250,000 US dollars. And why do people listen to podcasts? Well, apparently 74% of people listen to podcasts in order to learn new things, which is something we hope you get from the Brain for Business podcast. To discuss podcasts in more detail, and in particular consider how leaders can leverage business podcasts to enhance organizational performance, I'm delighted to be joined today by Professor Jake Waddingham. Jake Waddingham is an assistant professor of management at McCoy College of Business at Texas State University. Jake's research explores how organizations and entrepreneurs manage stakeholder perceptions, and his research has been published in the Journal of Management, Journal of International Business Studies, and Business Horizons, amongst many other leading journals. Jake, welcome to Brain for Business. Thank you. Really excited to be here. So when did the first podcasts emerge? Yeah. So for podcasts, they really emerged to help solve a problem. And if we think you know, even a little bit further back, we have radio and we have the fireside chats by Franklin D. Roosevelt. And this evening radio address was really a way for him to connect with the American people and have an opportunity to have a conversation, albeit a one-way conversation, with, with an audience at large. But And I think Dan Carlin does a really good job of describing this dilemma. You had to tune in at a very specific time. And if you had a conflict, you missed out on that conversation. Um, and as you know, Dan was working in radio, as he was trying to tell a really nuanced story or as he was trying to share details about the news, he had to keep in mind that people were getting in and out of their car. They were turning the radio off and on. And so he couldn't add in some of those really important details that just didn't fit with the audience or that the audience would change the channel because they missed out on the first half of the story and they knew they just couldn't catch up. So in 2001, we have the release of the iPod. And this is you know, a revolutionary piece of technology that now we don't have to tune into the radio to try to find the favorite song that's playing and scanning the radio waves to try to find it over and over. We can download it to this device and now we can replay it over and over at our leisure. And so a lot of people credit Adam Curry and Dave Winter as kind of the inventors of the podcast. Um, their RSS allowed you to kind of create this on-demand radio. And so you could download audio files, you know, radio shows to the podcast, and then listen, you know, whenever you were available and was most convenient to you. Uh, the word podcast was first used in a Guardian article um, there in 20, or 2004, 2005, and to kind of just bring it back full circle, uh, George W. Bush started releasing his you know, weekly address via podcast there in 2005. And so it really just allowed 
you know, individuals to have some audio and connect with an audience in an on-demand way that allowed them to kind of get the full aspect of the story. And now it's exploded. There's, you know, great audio podcasts. Some of them are now incorporating video. They have full, vibrant online communities. And we're seeing platforms like Spotify pay huge amounts of money to get great talent. Like we have Alex Cooper and her deal for, you know, 60 plus million dollars. Of course, Joe Rogan and his 200 plus million dollar deal. Um, so there's just a lot of excitement and energy um, still continuing to build, like you said, almost 20 years after the, the first podcast was really released. It's interesting. I'd never actually thought about the, the term podcast, but clearly, as you're saying, it's or hinting at one of those portmanteau terms, taking a, an iPod and a broadcast and it becomes a, a podcast. What then, I guess, based on, on, on your research and, and, and also, I should say, your background before academia in, in journalism, what then defines a good podcast? Oh, it's such a good question and an important one, because as you mentioned, you know, there's 2.5 million active podcasts and there's probably, you know, 70 plus million episodes from those. And that's a really conservative estimate because that doesn't include podcasts that are no longer active, but you can still access their content. And so for a podcast to be really good, it has to break out of that noise and it has to find an audience. So I really think there are three key features about you know, a good podcast. The first is that it has to be original idea. You know, this is going to really help you stand out. And for that idea, it can focus on something really specific, like a concept in business. Um, or it can be, you know, something that's more of a, a current event and you bring in experts to talk about that specific topic. But importantly, this idea can't be something that appeases everybody. There's so many people that listen to podcasts from so many diverse backgrounds. You really had to find something specific about the idea that allows you to build some credibility, build some legitimacy, and allow you to really dive into that one specific, more original idea. And so knowing that targeted audience is really key uh, for that good podcast to stand out. Um, I think just kind of as a subtopic to that, having really good production quality, you know, having some of that great music that introduces the podcast like yours, you know, it really captivates <laughs> the audience right off the bat and, you know, allows for, you know, that engagement um, that that on-demand listening um, really allows. The second point is that th the episodes have to be really well-structured. Um, they can be unique and exciting, but it has to be something that is, you know, of comfort or, you know, known to the audience. And so in order to keep that audience engaged, structured episodes really allow for smooth transitions. Um, it is, you know, an audio listening component. And so having, you know, different segments of the podcast or different changes of voice allow the audience to re-engage and re-listen. And that really helps make sure that they stay, you know, with you throughout the entire episode. Um, and this really allows for a natural flow of conversations too. Um, some of the longer form podcasts, you know, that can range from an hour to three hours or even longer, um, they have to find ways to really keep the audience involved. And so having those transitions or that structured content really allows them to do that effectively. And then finally, the third feature that I think is just incredibly important is that it has to add value. If you're talking about a specific topic, it has to educate, inform, and in some way entertain the audience. Um, and for something to be like good to great, as far as the podcast world goes, finding a way to, for that entertainment and that information to really work hand in hand is what's really going to separate them. 
Um, I think some podcasts that do this really well, they focus on real world examples. And so this allows business leaders to think about that example and apply it to their context. Think about how the person being interviewed or the, the topic and the research that goes along with that topic fits with their situation. Um, and really good podcasts also provide additional information. If they cite a specific article or if they are talking about you know, a recent news event, there's ways for the audience to go online and engage with the community or click on some of those show notes that allows them to learn even more about the topic if it's something that really interested them. You, you mentioned there that, I guess, sense of finding a niche, finding that area that is unique and, and not trying to appeal to everyone. What then, in that sense, would define a really good business podcast? Is it dealing with interesting business ideas or talking to business leaders or dealing with issues maybe that are emerging and are going to impact on, on businesses or organizations around the world? Yeah, so a lot of podcasts are are interview-based. And so I think for a really good business podcast, one of the key things is going to be an appropriate and relevant guest. And so having somebody that really gets users excited, gets listeners really engaged about, you know, someone that's, you know, leading a technological push in AI or somebody that has a lot of experience with, you know, mergers and acquisitions bringing on that guest that has a lot of knowledge in that topic is going to help drive attention and make that business podcast something that really resonates with the audience. Um, it's also a reflection of quality, bringing in really high quality um, you know, people to interview, lets you know that you know they respect the format of the podcast and that's going to allow them to have a really honest conversation about it and they can provide really unique insights. Um, in addition to that, I think that the host is also an incredible part of a business podcast. Uh, we have opportunities for host and listener engagement through those online communities. Um, they have a couple of different format options where they can do just the traditional interview, which especially if you know they're well-versed in their interview skills, that can just be a great conversation to be a part of. Um, they can also have solo episodes. Um, I'm thinking of Reed Hoffman and his you know, podcast where you get to listen to his insights and thoughts and his reactions to what his guests say. And he's one of the co-founders of LinkedIn. So that's somebody that you probably would never get to go have an hour conversation with over lunch, but each week you can turn in and start to think about, you know, how he thinks about these specific business ideas. And so I think that host audience interaction um, in the business context is also just really valuable. And it's interesting you point to, to Reed Hoffman's uh, podcast there because I think it also highlights a challenge that can sometimes emerge with, with particularly business podcasts is he knows his stuff. He has been successful. He has made his money, his, his millions, his billions. Um, and that's obviously only one measure of success, but nonetheless, and you compare that to someone else who maybe you've never heard of, has never really done anything. And you're going to listen to a Reed Hoffman more than you're going to listen to somebody who has not really had much career. So that credibility is absolutely vital. Absolutely. So if we turn then to the focus of your, your research, in particular, the, uh, the, the Business Horizons article that you've published looking at podcasts, I guess the question is, how can leaders leverage business podcasts to enhance organizational performance? Uh, yeah, so for using podcasts, the first thing I want to kind of give is just a disclaimer that 
everyone's going to have a different style. And so I'll probably mention a couple of podcasts just as an example. Those are ones that really resonate with me, uh, but I guarantee there is a different host or you know a similar topic that maybe fits your, your style. Um, and so for business leaders to really effectively use podcasts, first you have to find something that fits within your timeframe. Um, and so we know business leaders are incredibly busy at work. We know that they need to recharge and have time you know, for non-work activities, whether that's family or time on their own. And so we really don't want podcasts to become a burden or to feel like work. Um, one podcast I think does a really good job of this is The Indicator by Planet Money. It's a 10-minute podcast, so really easy to fit in on a commute or if you just need a mental break and you're kind of taking 10 minutes of your day instead of scrolling social media, it can be an opportunity for you to engage for a really short period of time. And they do a good job of you know, focusing in on one indicator, whether that's the number of jobs that were produced for the month or the wine industry in New Jersey. You know, That's one of my favorite episodes where they talk about the challenges of you know, a climate that is very similar to Napa or Sonoma, but it's located in New Jersey. And how do they sell a high quality product when the marketing is maybe a bit of a challenge for them? Um, and the hosts are just really friendly. They do a great job with their interviews. And so those short segments, I think, are a great way for business leaders to dive in and, and learn more about topics in a relatively quick manner. Um, I also think that they have opportunities to really tap into academics and industry experts that they normally wouldn't get to talk to. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Adam Grant's podcast on, on work life. You know, he's an organizational psychologist and whatever he does, whether it's the podcast, his academic articles, his books, they're always done so well and in, in such an engaging way. And so, you know, from his catchphrase of how to make work not suck, I mean, there's just tangible things that they can take from his podcast or from his books, and they're all on relevant topics. He does a great job of tying it into, you know, whether it's a discussion on AI or it's discussion of hybrid workers being burnt out and not having to commute anymore, but does that turn into more work time? And so it's just really relevant conversations. And he himself is an industry expert. Um, he has evidence-based results that he links through his show notes, and he also has... Um, you know, expert guests from his just vast network of working with a lot of great individuals that he can bring into the podcast. Um, and so when we're looking at just ways that business leaders can, you know, use these podcasts, I think the time is is most important, is really important. I think having an expert like Adam Grant is incredibly valuable. And then one unique way I've been using podcasts for myself and in the classroom is for an entertainment value. Uh, Business Wars does a great job. It's a 30 to 40 minute podcast uh, with David Brown, and they narrate situations that you know actually happened. There is a you know, disclaimer at the beginning and end of the episode that the conversations are you know fictionalized, but the, the content and some of the information is very real. And so I've used that in the classroom as a way to you know expand a case study or have students listen to an interaction between you know, Netflix and Blockbuster, because it's something that they're really interested in and something that, you know, is relevant to, you know, one of the activities they do quite frequently. And it allows them to learn about corporate raiders and how boards of directors and CEOs can disagree and how specific decisions from Blockbuster just allow Netflix to flourish. And so all of these strategic decision-making um, examples allow us to take, you know, a really good real world example, have it be in a really entertaining format 
Um, and they don't have to listen to me lecture, which I'm sure they they enjoy the break from every now and then. <laughs> I, I think everyone who lectures uh, at universities has, has that same feeling as well, giving the students a break. And it's interesting you mentioned the Netflix uh, example there, because there are one podcast that I've listened to quite a bit over the years is um, How I Built This, uh, which was hosted by Guy Raz from NPR. And one of the uh, one of the episodes that always really stood out for me was an interview with someone from Netflix and talking about their culture and their environment and 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 how that impacted on on the people who were working there, including the person who was being interviewed, whose name escapes me at, at, at this moment. I guess as you were talking through those examples there, I, I couldn't help but wonder whether different types of podcasts are, are kind of more suited to different business or, or organizational audiences. So, you know, maybe the 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 10-minute the, the indicator ones, as you said, for the, the head of function or the chief executive, whereas someone maybe working in human resources or learning and development or in operations or in sales would have different kind of preferences. Is is that uh, a fair question definitely and i and i think that's one of the great things about podcasts is that it can fit different audiences and we don't have to listen to the same one but we can still get a lot of value out of it and so going back to reed's podcast not every business leader is going to think or be comfortable thinking entrepreneurially um, and so some of the topics that they talk about venture funding or you know the risk and, and the decision making that entrepreneurs go through may not directly translate to some of the day-to-day -day activities that they have um, so one thing i'd encourage you know business leaders if they're really looking to dig into podcasts is it's okay to try something outside of your comfort zone um, one thing that a colleague here at Texas State, Josh Despot, does a really great job of is talking about the entrepreneurial mindset. And he knows that a lot of our students are not necessarily going to go start their own businesses and be entrepreneurs, but they can take some of those skill sets and apply them to the corporate environment. And they can be entrepreneurial in their careers, in their personal lives, um, and they can take a lot of those skill sets with them. So even if, you know, Masters of Scale doesn't fit for, you know, somebody that's in quality production and they think that might not be for me, there might be one or two episodes that they can really dig into. And I think that's just an incredibly important aspect of podcast is that I, I like to think of them as a buffet. There's going to be some parts of the buffet that you really enjoy and that are really good. There are going to be some parts that you just kind of actively avoid and it's just not your you know flavor. And then you have to be really careful to not overeat because you're going to get kind of sick of the content or you're going to feel like you have to keep going and going and again if it becomes you know really a labor or you know a chore to get through a bunch of podcast seasons it's probably not adding a lot of value and so we have to be really careful about picking where and what we consume um, from the podcast world and sometimes stepping outside of our comfort zone and other times you know really focusing in on what's going to add value while we're taking that time to listen to build on that analogy, which I think is a great analogy, by the way, I guess there is also, as with the buffet, that opportunity just to try a little bit of something and think, do I like this or not? And if you do, you can go back and get a little bit more. But once you've tried that little bit, if you decide, actually, that's not for me, you know, Adam Grant, you might love him, but someone else might not. And that's okay. So people have that flexibility to, to you know, to, to check it out without over-investing up front. Yes. And a lot of the podcasts are less than an hour. So you're not 
reading a, an entire business book that's going to take a couple of hours. You're not dedicating, you know, five seasons of a TV show or uh, some other thing that's going to take a lot of time. Um, you know, I think of Econ Talk with with Russ Roberts and Freakonomics with Stephen Dubner. They both cover very similar topics, and I personally enjoy listening to Russ. His his voice and just the way that he approaches his interviews is something that I really enjoy. Uh, but it's not nearly as flashy as Freakonomics. And so the entertainment value of Freakonomics applies to a much broader audience, and they both do a phenomenal job. It's just going to be a preference level of which one you want to digest. We've been talking quite a bit about how great podcasts are and how you know leaders can leverage them. But are there any perhaps limitations or, or possibly downsides of, of podcasts? Yes, with every you know creative invention, there's always going to be a few limitations. One of the limitations with a podcast is that a lot of times we're passively listening. And so we have it on in the background as we're doing dishes, it's on while we're commuting. And that makes it really challenging, especially if it gets really technical or if it's one of those longer form podcasts, we might tune out for a couple of minutes or we might get kind of lost in the conversation and Unlike a book, we can't slow down or go back and reread it to make sure we really comprehend it. Um, and so, especially if you are listening for informational purposes or to really learn, it helps to have that environment where you can slow down, hit the rewind button if needed. Um, they're not a huge time commitment, so it can allow you to go back and re-listen to an episode if needed. Uh, another thing with podcasts that you have to be careful of is that the narrator is going to influence the story. Um, it's great that you get to be in on a conversation between, you know, Adam Grant and an astronaut as they talk about, you know, loneliness at work, because you probably ne never get the opportunity to be part of that conversation, but you don't necessarily get to ask your own questions, or there may be something that's really relevant to you that doesn't get covered in that specific topic. Um, and so you're kind of limited to the structure and format of the podcast that's there and available. Um, and then finally, just to kind of reemphasize, there's so much content and there's, you know, daily, weekly podcasts. Don't feel like you have to consume it all. There's different things to listen to. You can skip certain sections of the podcast. Don't be afraid to kind of pick and choose what fits best with, with your workflow and with the topics that you're trying to learn more about. Okay. And you know, are there any real sort of recommendations that, that you would have for, for, for leaders or even aspiring leaders in terms of how they could make better use of, of podcasts is it as you said about you know picking the topics picking the, the 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 hosts picking the the guests or is it something else yeah there's a couple of options for helping you really dig in and, and make sure you get the information you need from podcasts first is finding that time that works for you and if possible have a notepad available or have something where you can take audio notes and, and bookmark different parts of the podcast so you can come back and revisit it later. Um, it's, of course, very difficult if you're driving or doing something else. Um, so having that ability to kind of jot down notes rather quickly can help you know, re-spark that idea of going back and revisiting the topic. The second thing is to make sure you share. Um, just like some of the you know, old-fashioned book clubs, find people in the office or find other leaders that are listening to the same thing and have that dialogue about what you really liked about the episode, what you took away from it, and some things that you wish they would have asked to see if there's you know, another podcast recommendation or another interview that that person gave that you can really dig into it. 
um, one of the newsletters I subscribe to, uh, it's Kendall Baker, and he's the Axios sports editor. And one of the great things that he does within that newsletter is that he finds ways to engage with his audience, even though it's a fairly, you know, static relationship of, you know, each morning I get my sports newsletter. And so there was a podcast series called The Sterling Affairs that came out, and he encouraged his listeners to listen along with him each week and to email in reactions, ideas, thoughts that went along with the podcast. Then he shared it with the community at large, and it really allowed for just a deeper dialogue about things that surprised people about the podcast, things that they learned, um, and just kind of the emotions that they had as they were listening to the story. And so I thought he just did a phenomenal job of really building off of the content that was there and available and really creating a sense of environment from it. Um, and then a last thing, as an individual, participate in those online communities. Find the Facebook groups, the online content, the websites that the podcasts or the individuals have, and continue the interaction. Find other interviews that they've done, find other topics that are related to it, so you can continue to just kind of build on that bulk of knowledge that you're digging into. The, the the Kendall Baker example you gave there struck me as you were speaking as almost a merger of say old school radio uh, and maybe the radio play that is going out sort of once a week where people are tuning in and then discussing with friends and the modern format of the podcast it's sort of a, an interesting merger of, sort of going back to the future almost. Definitely. And it's it's like that book club mentality where you get yep. to share the ideas. And I, I thought it was just very well done and um, something I really enjoyed to participate in. Yeah, absolutely. If people wanted to find out more about your research, we'll put obviously some some details in the show notes, and including the, the podcast that you mentioned and the link to the Business Horizons article that you wrote with uh, Miles Zachary and David Ketchen. But if people wanted to find out more, where could they go to? Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, yes, my co-authors were both amazing on this project and all of my others. Uh, but for updates on my research, my Google Scholar page is probably going to have the, the best updates for the latest published research. And then, of course, people can reach out on LinkedIn. Uh, I provide you know personal updates, updates of things that are going on at Texas State and the McCoy College of Business, um, and just other updates about my research and, and activities there. That sounds great. Professor Jake Waddingham of McCoy College of Business at Texas State University. Many thanks for your time. Thank you. Really enjoyed it.